this episode of On The Move, we have episode 13 with Jacob Huck. Jacob is currently on the road with Buck Branneman, uh, traveling as his right-hand man to all these clinics. Uh, we're in Lewisburg, West Virginia at the moment, where we were able to sit down with him for a little bit and talk about how he got into horsemanship, how he got linked up with Buck, and kind of what he's pursuing right now and what he might want to do in the future. So it was super fun to get to meet him. And, yeah, just kind of another kindred spirit, like you said, super polite kid. Listen, listen to me ramble, and we should have just let him go to bed. <laughs> but, no, he's uh, he's awesome, and I thought it was a great podcast. Oh, yeah, and we couldn't have had a better place to record this. I mean, we, we got in here. We caught him Thursday night before the clinic starts tomorrow. Yep. And <laughs> all else failed, so we're down here by the arena. We set up in a nice spot. and Yeah, in this, the stands under is, the lights. Yeah, this is our first outdoor podcast. Yeah, it's solid, man. Did, sure is. Did good. But Jacob's a great guy, and I'm sure Buck appreciates him on the road. He's seems like he's doing a tremendous job. Yeah. and uh, He's Johnny on the spot, you yeah. can tell. Yeah. yeah. Just dialed in. He just kept talking about that. Yeah. How his number one job is whatever Buck needs. Yep. Making sure things roll smooth for Buck. Making sure. And, and you forget that those guys, um, when they work for somebody whose whole career well, when they're on the road, is a weekend deal, a class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then their job is making that smooth. So we uh, we caught him just before Absolutely. going to work tomorrow. Absolutely. So anyway, that was, that was a lot of fun. Cool. Enjoy the episode, everybody. So you just turn this here. Yeah, I thought it was that. Yeah, uh, counterclockwise, and that thing yep. will slide up and down. Okay, but it, I tighten it, go clockwise. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because it was just a little out? loose. Yeah. No, I really like this one. The that g- was actually the first time ever I've had to adjust it up yeah. and down. No, the Gator stuff is the best. I bought one of those for Bill for his uh, mic stand in the studio. Yeah. yeah. And that Gator stand is like a – you could – like swing around on that thing. <laughs> yeah. But so where you've probably yeah. seen it from my video, but like where I record at my house, it's like an adjustable standing desk. So instead of adjusting the height of this, I just hit the button and oh, adjust yeah. the desk <laughs> up and down. So I've never had to move the mic up and down before. When you and Mark were on there, you said you had your computer on a bed. Yeah. So our podcast studio is like the guest bedroom <laughs> and like, it's fine for just me. But because we needed two people in the shot, I had to move the bed far, like the, um, I had to move the camera onto the bed so it could get both of us in the shot. Oh, yeah. So it was like, like if you imagine where, like me and him were Mark, it would be like this table and then where you are is a bed. So yeah. we had the actual computer on the bed and you were like that big. <laughs> but yeah, you got to get the big screen thing. Yeah. But, I've got, I've, I've got the big dual monitors. I just got to take the time to set, yeah. it up. set it up. But, Jacob, you should have seen last year when he did the clinic in Kentucky. It looked like this, but it was way worse. It was like one of these trotting places. And then yeah. in the center, they had a bunch of bushes and like a little gazebo. <laughs> and then like the yeah. whole stands around there, they were like all uh, like lattice work and little points and stuff. Yeah. And I wanted Robbie to play the soundtrack for Mary Poppins so <laughs> bad because <laughs> he's like trotting around the yeah. outside. And it, it – 
Oh, it would have been. Well, he would have probably stopped. If you would have been here up. yesterday, they had a gazebo and a little board right there. That yeah, I mean that's definitely it. what that like wet spot is. So they yeah, just had that temporarily though. Temporary. Yeah, you can rip it out. Basically. Yeah, no, this sure place was like grandfathered in there. Yeah, because those walking the horse shows. That's like where they put the judge. Is like smack dab in the middle of the whole deal. Yeah, they sit in that gazebo. <laughs> really? Yeah. So they have like a swivel chair. Man, I I don't know how that'd they be do the it. ticket, right? I guess they just see. You're coming by. You wouldn't want to have headphones with a cord on, though. It's kind of like the center deal at the PBR. Yeah. Yeah. All the photos and stuff like that are giant frontier days. They got something similar to that. Don't they do like a VIP box where you can sit down there, like in the rodeo? I don't know that much about it. I hope they do that at like Steve Landis clinics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be the ticket, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, welcome, Jacob. Thank you. Great to have you on. Hell yeah. Yeah, We, um, it's awesome. We got set up here in Lewisburg, or Lewisburg, Lewisburg West Virginia. Lewisburg, West Virginia, at yep. the West Virginia State Fairgrounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right down here on the front row. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Best seats in the house. Under the lights. Yeah. Letter buck. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. kind of like letter buck, but like in walking horse terms. Mm-hmm. Little exactly. icons. Tennessee Walker. What do you, what do you, what is that? A little, uh, not an emoji. What do you call that little like figure? Silhouette. A silhouette. <laughs> okay. Yeah, duh. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. they're ready to rumble in here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready tomorrow. Like, I hope we do our clinic, the majority of it, like, on the harness track. And we just race yeah. all morning. That's what I want. Yeah, Joe's like Mr. Mayhem. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do if Get I was hind, a clinician. Get your hind quarters, front quarters, and then whip and spur, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you five line up yeah. right here, yeah, and we'll wait for you to get back. Yeah. Well, you were at the clinic in Ellensburg this year, right? I was, Did anybody yeah. race this Not year? Not that I know of. No, I was I was riding horse. I was riding my own horse, but I'm sure somebody did. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Do they play golf during that clinic? Yeah. Yeah, they're busy playing up at the, I think it's called Tumble Creek. It doesn't mess anybody up. Like, does Buck, he probably doesn't, but he doesn't wait for anyone to, like, get on their backswing and say something real loud. No, no, that's not him. He, uh, he's, Is he He's courteous, yeah. very courteous when it comes to that. Yeah, but no, I figured. He, he's one of the fastest golfers you'll ever golf with. That's I, what I've heard. I played heard. a bunch of golf with him, and uh, we kind of fit. You know, we, I mean, I'm, I don't want to just stay in there just – I don't know. Take yeah. your time. We're not PGA Tour. We're amateurs. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's just get. Let's just play. Yeah. So yeah, he's one of the fastest people um, that I know that plays golf. In fact, we were in uh, um, Longmont, Colorado, not too long ago, <clears throat> and we were playing at Firestone, which is a nice little. Um, actually, it's called Saddleback. It's a pretty nice little course, and they on the golf carts they have a a little screen. And it tells you your time, like how fast you're golfing. Oh man! And we finish an hour and forty five minutes ahead of schedule. <laughs> uh, granted, uh. nobody was in front of us, so we. I mean, and that was. I mean, eighteen holes. That's that's yeah, that's, that's fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> man, yeah. people would be feeling some pressure at like the celebrity open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, ah, we got yeah, Buck well, Brandman behind us again. Yeah. <laughs> They'd yeah. be screwing up. Yeah. yeah. So, Were you a golfer before Buck? Kind of. Kind I mean, of. I I uh, took a few lessons when I was younger. Uh, I did a little, like the little kid camps, you know, when I was like eight years old. Played a little golf. And my uncle was a bit pretty big golfer, so he'd always take us out whenever he, we could, or he could, and my brother and I. And then 
Um, most of all of the stuff that I learned, I watched from YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I looked up Tiger Woods, like you know, little <laughs> tips here and there and stuff. And then uh, not too long ago, I got to play with um, the PGA Tour player, Gary Hallberg, who's on the Champions Tour right now. Really? Yeah. I got to play with him. Yeah, and deal. And, cool, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. He's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. He's just down-to-earth, awesome, fun. Yeah. And his friend, Joe Bostic, who's been teaching golf for 40 years, so he gave me a couple pointers here and there, and so cool. Yeah, very cool. Bucks give me a handful. And what do you play. shoot typically? <laughs> oh, that's a well, mean thing to ask on a podcast. Oh well, I mean it'd be higher than either one of us, yeah. I'm sure. It's you mean lower. <laughs> ben plays a lot of higher. <laughs> See, yeah. that was self-explanatory. No, yeah, um, freaking cowboy. Well, when I started out, I started golfing with him. I played one round in um, Greenville, Texas, right before we headed home. And that was my first round with, or one of my first rounds with him. And then we got to Corning, California um, at the end of April. And for two weeks, we got there like really early. So we were 10 days ahead of the first clinic. So we were about two and a half weeks there because there was a big snowstorm back home we were trying to beat. So we got there and all we did was golf. (laughs) I played 366 holes with him. Holy cow. Man. A lot of holes. <laughs> over so, ten days. Over ten days. So in that that's amount of more time, than two that's games. A Holy yeah, we cow. did some days we did three rounds a day. Yeah. But I took I took over ten strokes off my game. I bet you would. At the end of that. And then last week I shot a seventy nine. So Oh, so you're you are like are good. No, no, no. That's like a, I mean I got lucky, but yeah, that's good. that was that's the best round I've ever played. I mean so. that's what you would have to do to be a good golfer is play golf. Play golf. A lot. Like it's just all, like, like being somebody good that's it. starting Colts yeah. or anything. You have to practice. Yeah. yeah. I think podcasting is probably the only thing where you just, just give it hell yeah. whenever you get a chance. Yeah, but we yes also know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we suck and are slowly maybe getting better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I think you need to practice that. I don't know. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, a little we're, bit. We're getting better. But, I mean, we've only done, what, 12 episodes? A little bit. And there's people who have done thousands of episodes. Yeah, so. you look at, I mean, yeah, like the big names, Joe Rogan. You know, yeah. impulsive the Logan Paul podcast, all those yeah. guys. But yeah, they're doing all right. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing okay. Yeah. I think the key is volume. It is because right. some of that stuff, right. um, some of those guys, they say the same thing over and over and over again. Yep. And yep. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and I said, "Hey, it's like you get on me for saying the same thing sometimes, but do you realize like these guys say the same <laughs> thing over and over and over and over and over again? Yeah, and they're famous for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, "Huh." Yeah, but I have to hear it from you all the time. I was like, yeah. Okay, well, I'll quit telling you the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> you got to feed the beast. That's that's part of the deal. Yeah, the whole social deal. You gotta, yeah, you got to oh, do it. Man. Well, yeah. I think it. I mean, that goes all the way to like um, with with Buck. I mean, just with doing the clinics. I know so many people look forward to him every year, right. and it'll be interesting with him slowing down some. But yeah, I think for years, I, I probably said this before, right, Joe? But you know, how some people have like an internal like Santa Claus clock. They, like, count down to Christmas. Like, yep. when Christmas is right. done, their whole year revolves around Christmas. Yep. Since I've got into this, I think my whole year revolves around, I know when Buck, when I'll see him next. You see him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and so, yeah. I, I can't think of how many other people must feel that way. I'm sure, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. There's a there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's crazy the amount of, I mean, he's kind of a celebrity in the clinic world, really. He's mm-hmm. one of the best there is. I would say he's definitely a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. He, he is. And there was... You know, there's times where people come up and they don't even know how to talk to him. And I tell him, it's like, don't, he's just human, you know. But I look back the first time I met him and it's like, 
Oh, you know, I, I was like, I didn't even know how to talk to him. I was so scared. Yeah. For nothing, he's one of the nicest guys you ever meet. But yeah, it, I, <laughs> I had a. Um, it, you know, it happens. You know how like on your photos on your phone it'll be like this happened like however many years ago. Oh yeah. So for me, <laughs> it was like four years ago, like today or yesterday mm-hmm. was the first clinic I actually got to ride in with Buck. Really? Yeah. Um, cause he always comes to the East coast about this time of year. Yeah. Um, so I, I like distinctly remember I, on the first day I wanted to talk to him and I wanted to be polite about it, but I had a ton of questions. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, Hey, like I caught him as he was coming out of the second session and I said, Hey, I have a ton of questions for you. And I'd really like to get them answered, but I want to be respectful of your time. When's the best time for me to talk to you about that? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, at uh, like 745, I'm going to be at that horse trailer. Because this was, for whatever reason. 745 in the morning? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be at that horse trailer. And he wasn't, he didn't have his like living quarters with him. It was just a stock. Trailer. Yeah. It was just him and Isaac with a stock trailer yeah. and like a pickup truck. Yep. And so he's like, I'm going to be at that trailer come and I'll like, we'll sit here by the tack room yep. and we can talk for half an hour and like uh-huh. do that. And that was awesome. And yep. I was super excited. And it was kind of like this setup where there were like several different barns mm-hmm. and I like walk, I don't know, 300 yards down to where the barn was with my horse. Mm-hmm. And I went to open the stall door. My hand was going like that. Oh yeah. Cause I just was like, I didn't realize how nervous I was. And then I saw my hand and I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I've had I, quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it was the first time I met him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I Well, I met him back in 2016, and he was doing, like, a speech deal in the Bighorn, Bighorn Mountains of Sheridan. And everybody there was at least 60 or older, except for me <laughs> and my parents. But um, they kind of all left, All everybody that was a little bit older. And so afterwards, it ended up being just, like, a one-on-one with him and I. Oh, that's so, really cool. It was kind of cool. I got to talk to him for a while, and um, yeah, so that was kind of neat. But that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, like, what was, what led up to that? Like, how invested were you in horsemanship at that point? That I was like, you spent time committed. talking with him. I was him committed. And, yeah, that was. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Because I, I got I to spend to a little time with you in Texas, and we were talking yep. about was well, Texas, right? Yeah, yeah it was okay. Texas. And uh, <laughs> well, that in Ellensburg. In Ellensburg, <laughs> yeah. that was much more brief. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> You were talking about growing up in Nebraska right. and your family, yep. kind of ranching family and your dad mm-hmm. and your mom and kind of, so like, when did you first get interested in horsemanship? Like what? Well, what it's when off? I, when I watched the documentary. So if you want to hear that whole story, I can kind of tell yeah. you that. Yeah. 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 Time, oh, so. heck yeah. <clears throat> so I was playing soccer, um, in Fort Collins, Colorado. My parents were driving me back and forth two to three times a week, which is two and a half hour drive for, yeah. Holy I was cow. playing competitive soccer, 10 to 12, basically I was playing pretty competitive soccer. And, um, at the time, my, my cousins, and at that time, I guess, uh, I'd been riding horses and stuff on the weekend. You know, we were calving during that time, uh, running cows and all that stuff. And so I was into horses, but it wasn't really my deal. I was like, yeah, you know, horses are cool. I originally wanted to be a vet. 
yeah, mm-hmm. this, you know, this is kind of my deal. I want to, I'll ranch, but I'll have, I want to vet. And then everybody goes through that. <laughs> That's phase. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the money. I think. We yeah, literally exactly. talked about it. Yeah. But in the conversations I had with my parents, you know, they're like, well, you know, ranching's fine, but you got to have something else. Cause like my dad, he's a, a high school principal also. So he does both. He's a mm-hmm. full-time rancher and full-time principal. Yeah. So <clears throat> they're like, you ranch, you got to have a, a second job to pay for the ranching bills type deal. You know, it's, sure. that's kind of the running joke, but totally. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, you know, I, that, that deal looks pretty good. I knew f- quite a few vets growing up cause had a bunch come and preg check all of our cows and anything that got sick. So I got to know them pretty well. And I went and interned, you know, would travel with them for a day here and there. And I thought, well, that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. So horses were just kind of a side deal. I liked riding them. Uh, it was nothing like this. He just got on, got the job done. Didn't really care how they felt, you know, how you felt. If if you they um, you did had a bad job, it was the horse's fault type deal. You know, you, it was never your fault. So, and that's what I thought. You know, if, up till it's, uh, age twelve, which isn't that old. But so I watched the documentary on the way home from a soccer game. My cousin this was at age twelve. This is at age twelve. Yes. So my cousin sent me the documentary, and they said, you know, I think. Uh, your older brother's going to look like him. You got to just check this out. It's a pretty cool horse documentary. I was like, all right. So I watched it on the way back. Well, I actually watched it twice in that whole same trip. I watched it the first time, and I was hooked. And I secretly told myself, I said, you know, I- I'm going to work for him someday. I didn't tell my parents. didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm going to work for him someday. <clears throat> so flash forward. No, let's see. So then that summer, we were up in Sheridan. So uh, we were, we had some friends that were up there. And um, my parents or our friends knew of some people that knew of some people that knew where Buck lived. And so this is kind of, cre- I mean, stalkerish, I guess, you know. But my dad just drove me to his ranch. And, I love it. Yeah. So I was 12. My dad just drove me there. And I got to meet his wife, Mary. She was there and she's like, she was awesome. She could have just said, oh, get out of here type deal. But she was like, oh, come in. Come on in. She showed us the whole place. Wow, really? Yeah. And actually, the bay horse that he has with him was just a baby. It was just a... Oh, boozy? Yeah, boozy. Mm-hmm. So he was, yeah, just born. So I got to, I pet him for a little bit. And, no kidding. And hung around. And then went over to the arena and she showed us uh, their indoor arena. And I got to meet his daughter, Riata. And then we go home. Uh, and uh, two years later... um. Is he's doing this speech deal on the Bighorn Mountains, like I was just saying, mm-hmm. and that's where I got to meet him for the first time. And he was—I mean, I—I I talked to him for like forty-five minutes. I'm a fourteen-year-old kid just asking all these questions I had in my head, you know. And, and then his wife Mary was there, and she asked, "Well, you know, what clinic do you want to get into?" And I said, "Well, the the cold starting at your ranch is the one I want to get into." Well, at that time, you had to have ridden with him before, had to have started a colt with him before. There's all these prerequisites. You had to be invited, basically. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, you're in. <laughs> and it was my first cult I ever started, first clinic I ever went to, uh, first time I ever rode with him. And so, Sheesh. yeah, she's, she's like, yeah, okay, you're in. I was like, well, sweet. You know, I was celebrating. And <laughs> I went there. So then the following years when I got into it, it had been 2017. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I got into that clinic. And then um, – Started the colt, ended up being fine. I still have her at home, but let's see. Then each each summer after that, or each uh, time before the clinic, I would call Mary and say, hey, can I come and help you get set up? 
help you get stuff with a clinic. And then the year after that, I was like, hey, can I help you take this stuff down afterwards too? So I just end up staying a little bit longer, a little bit longer each time. And then finally he's like, well, if he's just going to be here, might as well just offer him a job. So, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> – That's awesome, but, man. Yeah. So – <laughs> from where you were at, like how how far was it from to Sheridan? Uh, five hours. Okay, about five cool. and a half with a trailer. Sure. So, yeah. Sure, but not like a not a bad not like driving around <laughs> not, here. Yeah, not like from <laughs> West Virginia to yeah. yeah. No, I five and a half hours, pretty easy. Cool. Yeah. That's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So then, yeah, I got to the point where once I turned sixteen, I just drove up on my own. Yeah. So that's great. Parents, I was pretty blessed. My parents were able to. They just trusted me to do that. You know. But, yeah, yeah. Well, but, you you could have been doing a whole slew a lot of other worse, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, it's funny, but my dad's a public um, principal, mm-hmm. and all of his kids are homeschooled. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, like, Up until high, I wanted to play sports, so I went to high school. But okay. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, what prompted that? Uh, he just saw all the. The st- well, he's the he's the disciplinary pl- principal, so sure. he saw everything that was bad, you know, the drugs and all that stuff. In Western Nebraska, yeah. I mean, it's bad there. It's bad everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I grew up in Appalachia, which <laughs> is like they make TV shows about <laughs> yeah. like the drugs and poverty here. Yeah. 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 The whites of West Virginia. That yeah. there was a show about. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> golly man. Now I again, I'm not from West Virginia, so yeah. that's like a. Yeah. That's quite the distinction. I oh. mean, I'm sure Nebraska. It's be, it's like being from Kansas or something, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or Missouri. It's like, come on. Or oh, that's a lot <laughs> that's worse. Awful. Yeah. That's the worst state. <laughs> We've clarified yeah. that. Yeah, Ben but, and I talk about how like Missouri is our least favorite state because it's like <laughs> if you're coming from anywhere in this part of the world west. Yeah. Like once you hit Kansas, you're like, all right, now we're out here. Mm-hmm. But Missouri, getting across Missouri is just a grind, man. Yeah. It's awful because it's still humid. Really yeah, humid and, in the humid but, cold. Yeah. Just topographically and the plants there and everything just it doesn't feel good. It's no, gross. Yeah. Don't like being in Missouri. No. All yeah. you Missourians get out of there. <laughs> yeah. But just yeah. That's something we like to do on this podcast is alienate as many people as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's motivation, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's better to make a persuasive argument and <laughs> we're persuading them yeah. to, that they are, that they live in a to terrible change state. their place to yeah. make yeah. it better. There you go. But yeah, so so you work for them now. I do. And so because yeah. if anybody is listening to this thing, um, yeah, you know, we didn't this introduce is Jacob you very Huck, well. and you work and you're working for Buck now. Yeah, uh, you're the guy on the road. So you're coming up on what two? Is it been over two years now? Uh, that you're this like is my the guy? second year. You're in your second year with yep. him. Yep. So just over a year of just time. Over, I kind of went. Yeah, I mean, last summer was technically the first time I ever traveled with him. Cool. Um, there was a few times, 2019, uh, I went down to a Kiowa clinic and worked, just kind of learned the ropes, if you will, a little bit, kind of learned a few things, and Isaac was showing me what I need to do and what it takes. And then, but he wouldn't let me go on the road until I finished school. Oh, so yeah. That was a big deal. And so, I guess I didn't really add this, but before – um, I did not like school. I I hated it, and yeah. I was good at school. It was easy for me, but I hated it. I had other. I was like, I have better things I could be doing. This is stupid. Why am I even here? And so, and that was part of the reason I was homeschooled too. It's like I, you know, I'd go do my classes, and then after that, I'd go outside. Mm-hmm. I was outside riding horses or 
um, you know, ranch and cabin, all, all of that. And so my uh, freshman year, I tested into a bunch of college classes that I could take. So I kind of got on the accelerated program, and I graduated um, as a junior from high school with my associate's degree. And then in May, I graduated with my bachelor's. So I was on the road. Fin- I finished on the road. What did you study? Uh, I got my bachelor's in business administration with an emphasis on agribusiness. So it was kind of like a hybrid between a management and a marketing. Yeah. But, cool. Yeah. And what was the thinking behind that? Just want to run a horse business one day? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can't go wrong with a business degree. And I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what fit me, you know, entrepreneur type stuff. Yeah. But, that's what I minored in was ag econ. Yeah. And, and I, I anything didn't really, in that realm is a good thing to know. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, I mean, there's endless deals, mm-hmm. you know, you can go and do that, but I don't really think I'll ever, I mean, there's, there's certain classes that like all the um, accounting classes I found very, I really liked those. Mm-hmm. They were, it made sense to me because I'm like, well, if I'm going to be running my business, I don't know how to do this stuff. Yeah. So there was that that stuff that was pretty valuable. Then there's all the other classes where it's like, yeah, you jump through that hoop type deal, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. a joke, but whatever. Yeah. You know, I, and I didn't want to go to college, but I saw that as kind of like dangling the carrot. You know, you can come work for me, but you got to yeah. you got to get your degree. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, yeah, so yeah. that's it, why. At this well, point, if you make it out of there with the right – Right pronouns. I think that's a success. <laughs> yeah, and luckily uh, the college I went to, we didn't really have that problem. It was a it was an ag school. It's Shattern State. Yeah, just right on the border of uh, Nebraska and South Dakota. So I mean, that's where uh, Danny Woodhead went to school. Yep. Yeah, Danny Woodhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's the other person? Don Beebe. Yeah, but isn't there's a governor? The guy who's like the governor of one of those up north states like minnesota or something he went to that school anyway huh. i don't know don't worry, it's not important i just that i do not know about. <laughs> okay but yeah danny woodhead's the first person i think about yeah just, yeah he, just he went to shadron yeah yep. i was gonna be surprised if you remembered that guy's name because you couldn't remember the governor of virginia's name man. So i was like man he remembers that guy's name that yeah. that that guy's more you need to say what you need to do is when you think of his name think of it picture his face and then say ding and then all you have to do is think of ding, and you'll remember. I'll think of some other one syllable word. Somebody that <laughs> remembers everything that told me that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Cool. So, so on this session, I guess you'd say, so how long have you been living out of that trailer right now? Uh, since February. Since beginning of February. Okay. Gotcha. So... so that has to be an enormous adjustment. Yeah, it, it it wasn't. It was. I mean, last. I mean, I did it all summer last year mm-hmm. with one guy. It's it's pretty feasible. But mm-hmm. Isaac and I did it all summer. That's a bit tight. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and bet. there's and there's two beds and stuff, but it's just a bit tight because we have all the saddles, we have six saddles, and all of our personal bags, you know, with clothes and stuff like that. So yeah, that, but yeah. no, it's all good. So yeah. when there's one. I just I just think this is interesting. When there's one guy, mm-hmm. and obviously you're traveling around with Buck, um, but there is that, and, and he's like a mentor and a friend, I'm Absolutely. sure. But yeah. um, but it's also like the relationship of like this is the person I'm working for. Mm-hmm. So you're surrounded by people all the time. Do you ever feel like you're lonely at all, though? No, That's not good. really. Yeah, I, That's I, good. I don't really feel like I'm. I mean, I I enjoy what I do and. Yeah, it is what 
But yeah, I, I don't I, really ever feel lonely. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I just imagine because like when you go from town to town to town to town, yeah. like <laughs> it's not the, as romantic the, as it may seem, right? <laughs> and, and and I imagine people can start to feel more disposable. Yeah, like not not like not trying to discount the people no, coming to no, the clinics yeah, exactly, but like you just get the rep. So for example, before I went full time with horses, mm-hmm. I was a consultant. I worked gotcha. in software, and so I was. Pre-COVID, I was on, like, the road a bunch. Yeah. And it was just this client, this client, this client. Yeah. And when human interactions are a dime a dozen, they just start to lose their value a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it just comes monotonous and that type of deal. No, I try not to ever, you know, I try to um, be engaged with everybody I come across with. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's part of the deal, you know. that's Yeah, it's your job. part of being, that's my job. Yeah. Yeah, you know, really, my job is to make Buck's life easier. That's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's a lot easier because you're doing something you're so passionate about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, that that does make it a lot easier. I mean, it would be uh, tough yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't something I was passionate about. You know. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't be in this situation. I wouldn't be here. You couldn't live <laughs> out of a trailer since for however many months you've been doing it. Eight yeah. months. Eight yeah. Months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, in the situation you're in you're placed in a great opportunity to practice a lot of great skills, communication Absolutely. skills. And, a lot and of people skills. Meeting new people all the time. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. I mean, that's a that's a cool opportunity aside it from is. just I horses mean, itself. Yeah. The travel and the opportunity to make these, like, new new acquaintances, new connections, new connections. renewing old connections yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, it's like the old saying that my dad always told me. You know, you only get one chance to make a first impression. So I try to do that with, I mean, everybody I meet, you know, everybody, I try to be focused in on them. And I may not have all the time I could talk with them. I'm, I'm always running around. Usually if you see me at a clinic, I'm usually running. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, you know, you got to be 10 steps ahead, yep. you know, especially when you're by yourself. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, like, what, are you reading anything on the road or watching anything? or? Yeah, well, I mean, I... Uh, I'm pretty spiritual, so I always read my Bible. Yeah. That's kind of the first thing I read. And then I got a couple other books. I got Ray Hunt's book that I'm reading right now. I think it's In Harmony. Yeah. I might not know. But, yeah, I've got a few of those things, and I listen to podcasts. And, yeah. Uh, there's another – actually, there's a, a book I'm listening to. It's called The 48 Laws of Power. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Who's that by? Uh, Robert Green. I've read that book. Have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it, it like, lists – um, gives, like, the definition of a power, basically, or a – um, yeah, a power, and then it describes how it was used in a good way and used in a bad way, and they're like real life uh, scenarios type deal. Yeah, that pretty, pretty interesting book. It's, that book will get you overthinking a lot of your interactions yes, it, with I, people. <laughs> yeah, I try not to be like. Yeah, I mean, I don't really apply it. There's certain things you know you can apply, but uh, yeah, it's, it's there's almost, some bad. I mean, you can yeah. use it in a bad way. But. Right. It's like studying the dark side of the force. You're like, you need to know it's there, but never <laughs> use it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just mental deals. Like, well, I can, I can't, I have that as an option. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Which man. comes to shove. That's well, funny. that's something I wanted to ask you about. Cause, um, cause like as for myself anyway, especially in the last probably year and a half, <laughs> like I've gotten more serious about my faith and yeah. I've joined a church near us yep. and I, and like, that's important to me. Absolutely. So if I was on the road like you, like that would make a difference to me, honestly. Yeah. And especially like I'm in a relationship and I, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff. Do you like make it to church much or what do you do for that at all? No, 
I don't make it. If Does I that do, bother you at all, or? Um. Not re- yes and no. I at first it kind of did, but I didn't really go to church all that much. I mean, I watched all, I watched a lot of online church, but yeah. I mean, every clinic is on Sunday. Yeah. So that's that's hard to even take time because I got to be focused on him. You know, if he needs me during the clinic, I can't be sitting here watching a online church while he's exactly you know, teaching. But it is. But when I go home, you know, I think I think God will be understanding. Yeah. <laughs> As to I why, agree. you know, I'm pretty sure he'll be understanding to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a great being at the clinic is is pretty cool in itself. Exactly. Yeah. And um. Yeah, because for me, it's it's like the sense of community, like, because mm-hmm. I'm kind of by myself a lot. Yeah. And then the people I'm with, mm-hmm. um, well, a lot of times, and Joe, you might feel that way, even though we meet a lot of people throughout the week, um, working with people, um, just in passing, sometimes you feel like you're um, not like I'm great or anything. Like, no, I, I, like I, I'm like I'm an idiot, but you do kind of feel like you're nurturing a lot of people as you go through your week. Like, yes. people need, if it's simple stuff, yes. like, hey, can you get me this number? Can you... Just constantly little, asking little you to do yes. things and you feel like a a servant kind of throughout the week. <laughs> so it's not like I don't have interaction. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I'm I, I do a lot of things um more just business like. Yeah. So I, I like Sunday. Yeah, it's a good where day I just to like hang out and, and, and see people yeah. and like minded people or sit around and Yeah, like when I'm off the road, uh that is my day of rest. Yeah. So that's I'll go to church and then Yeah. That is my day of rest. Yeah. Horse horses need a day of rest too. I yeah. think, I, you Absolutely. know, they need something to, to uh, a day to soak up everything that you've been working with on them. So, yeah, totally agree. Kind of the way I look at it. But. Cool. So one of the things um, you've done too, ben, and Ben was telling me about this, I guess you um, did really well at the Pro-Am last year. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty fortunate. I had a really good team. We, we got first place. Yeah, we won. Yeah. You know, awesome. I have Wes and Cody Roy, and I couldn't have been, I couldn't have been, asked for a better team they're awesome to rope with so it's pretty cool cool so um and i feel like people listening would be interested in this i don't i don't really know the format of the pro-am like i I understand the concept of like how the pro-am part of it works but as far as the competition through the four days or whatever it is can you talk about that a little bit yeah so the the first day they do last year was the first time they did a team branding so that was uh, teams of four, you roped four head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had two guys on the ground and two guys heading and healing. And you had to do, I think it was, oh, you, we put the stickers on. We put the numbers on them the day so that we could rope them the next day. And then once you roped your first two, the the two guys that were on the ground got on their horses and they went and roped the last two. So that's what they did the first day. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the ranch roping. So... Um, with each team, you rope two head. Let's say you're you. They take half the teams on Friday and half teams on Saturday. So let's say you um, go on Friday, you rope two head. I think that's how it works. Honestly, I I don't know like the whole <laughs> judging deal, but you rope two. If I remember right, you you rope do you do two them head back to back or like. Uh, it depends on how you're drawn. You you could draw back to back or um. So you draw like times or like. I don't really know. They it, they do it like an Excel spreadsheet type deal. And okay. Then you just they, I got you. Get, you. You're getting a number and, then and like you just a, go down the line and then a rolling schedule. Yeah. And if somebody's deal. in the other uh, uh, um, the other arena because there's two arenas going, so if somebody's in the other arena, they just roll that team to the following one or something like okay. that. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah, tracking so, now. Yeah. 
So you, you do you I guess you do rope two head back to back, yes. Okay. But it's not like you rope one and then go to the other arena and rope another one. Okay. So so it wouldn't be like we gotta rope our um our first one and then an hour and a half from now we're gonna come back and rope our second one. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm pretty sure no. Okay. I don't even remember. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? I just showed up and rope. Yeah. Okay. So they told me to rope. Clearly, I rope. understanding the format is not a key to winning. Yeah. <laughs> pull up the rules on on the website now. <laughs> no, it's so cool. No, I'm just I'm curious because I mean, you know I haven't really been around that. Type on, of thing. I can tell you on Sunday you you rope forehead. Okay. So you rope two, uh, in one arena, and then you rope two in the other arena. Gotcha. And then is it? Basically, from the six head, a combined score? Or? No, uh, on Sunday, it's clean slate. Okay. So, they take the Makes top sense. 50 teams from Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, you start off with a clean slate. Cool. So, yeah, we did we did really well on so, Sunday. So that was – we. yeah, that, I mean, all you have to do is get to Sunday. That's yeah. the biggest deal. Yeah. So. It's like playoffs in the NFL. Like yeah. Once you get there, then yeah. you just got to, like, win four then games. Just, yeah, then yeah. Win, win four games, yeah. Yeah, okay. I got Similar you. but different. Yeah, you got to rope four steers. <laughs> yeah. Don't they do that in, like, they don't do that, but they, they do something in golf where, like, one of the, the uh, tournaments recently, I don't know much about it, but I, someone was telling me about it, and, like, everybody that won the previous tournament, when you show up the next weekend, like, yes, the winner the starts, Cup. like... I think it's the, yeah, the FedEx Cup. Like, starts, like, 10 under or something, right. the next guy's, like, 5 under, and... Uh, no, it's but like they 10, give you 9, 8, 7, 6, like all the way down to Like a handicap for winning. Correct. Mm. That's nuts. Yeah, so you're guaranteed. Well, the first the guy that comes in first place the week before uh, has starts ten under, and then the next guy it's nine, eight, seven, six, five. Four, Doesn't that all the way down seem a little little skanky? Like I'd be going to live golf if I were those guys. Because <laughs> like if I was a guy, like if know. I came in like third and I'd had a bad day, and this so the next mm-hmm. week I'd feel like I should be even with everyone else. Yeah, but the guy who won it didn't didn't start with ten strokes under. Roy yeah. McElroy won, so yeah. Oh, I mean, if everyone's playing so by the why, same rules, why do you rules, think they do that though? I don't honestly don't know. I don't follow golf that much. <laughs> you know why they? do I mean, it, I ben? golf, but why? Because we're sitting here talking about it. We've never exactly, brought up just, pro golf. At, now ever. that's kind of a lofty thought, there, Joe. <laughs> I'm t- I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an entertainment thing. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's all any professional sport is. So. They're just going to format the rules to be the most entertaining they can. Yeah. I guess. I just I just thought that was – I was like, man, it, that would – It is If I was playing golf, that would irritate me. Yeah, I yeah. mean – Go ahead, Jacob. What I think really what it does is it really makes that previous tournament very valuable because mm-hmm. they uh, – all the guys are playing for those top ten spots. That makes sense. Or nine. So it really ties those two tournaments together. It gives it a lot of meaning, right? To like, I mean, to do well the FedEx, in the that's first. A, that's a big paycheck. Yeah, I don't know how it's a couple million, at maybe, least, maybe more than that. I I don't know for sure, but it's a lot. Yeah, when you're playing for millions of dollars on golf, you get pretty serious. Take as long as you want. <laughs> yeah, and and they always have uh, the things afterwards that like, you know, so and so's in third, and then he misses a putt, and then goes down to seventh. Yeah, and it's like you just lost like three hundred fifty thousand dollars with that one stroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it. I, oh my! I gosh. don't follow it as much. But yeah, not as much as Buck. He follows it quite a bit. That's, yeah, and nerves of steel. Yeah, be out there. 
That or you just don't care about money or <laughs> people that, anymore. Isn't that funny that a horseman like that, and he's like, nope, got to be in a hurry when I'm playing <laughs> golf. <laughs> yeah. Why, why well, do you think he's in a hurry? Not in a hurry, but he doesn't waste any time. Hmm. So I wouldn't say he's like, you're, he's rushing. No, it's more of a, there's no wasted time. He doesn't walk up to the ball and then turn around and have a conversation with you and then hit. Yeah. And then go back to his cart, wipe off his club, you know, which he does that, but it's not mm. drug out, not, you sure. know, just kind of moping around. That's no, nice. It's on the move. <laughs> well, like, because some people really commiserate after they hit a bad shot, too. They stand there for a while. Right. And they're like, Rrr. and that's the deal. It's, we've talked about this quite a bit. We're amateurs. So, we don't have millions of dollars on the line. There's not, I mean, we're going to live another day type deal, yeah. you know. We have other things to look forward to. That's a good attitude. Because yeah. otherwise, I mean, that's, yeah. So does <laughs> he talk much at all on the golf course, or is he just, like, golfing? No, he talks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're just, you're just another wheel, you know, just along for the ride type deal. No, you're. Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it more. I was just, you know, when you said there's not all this kind of extracurricular stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, he's not doing all this extra stuff. I almost wonder if at that point he's getting, it's more like a meditative thing. Yeah. Kind bit. of his deal to, yeah, just, I mean, that's his new, I mean, he's been golfing for like 10 years or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you see that a lot, especially in sports, you know, it's like some people sit there at the free throw line and bounce and bounce and bounce. And then other people get the ball and shoot. Yeah. And it's just like, whatever you need to do to mm-hmm. do it correctly. You got to find your game. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the biggest deal um, with the fast golf, if you will, uh, he stays in rhythm. Yeah. He's a big rhythm guy. You got to stay in, and that's, I'm right there with him. You know, you got to stay in rhythm. So when he ha- when there's somebody in front of us that's slowing him down, you have to wait five minutes to take your second shot or something. Uh, he doesn't, it, it, he goes like, I, I get out of my rhythm. He doesn't, doesn't play as good. So. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest deal, I guess, for the faster golfers. You hit your first shot, you go hit your second shot, you're not sitting there for five minutes waiting to hit your set another shot because you have a group of four in front of you that yeah. takes forever. <laughs> what's your favorite club? Golf? To use, yeah. Like, yeah, no, what you, for what's horses. your favorite thing? No, 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 I mean like a golf, like a golf horse. <laughs> horses, we'll get to that in a second. Because yeah. I know you have a horse club. No, no, that's a, a baseball bat. No. Yeah, that's for like the real bad ones exactly. where, where Buck's like Jacob, uh, yeah. work with, but go Take over to that other Take this one behind the bar. Go behind Take it. him back. No. <laughs> Get my uh, get the know. treats out of the truck. Probably a seven you iron. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Probably a seven, seven iron. iron. Classic. Sounds good. Classy yeah, guy. Pretty, pretty classic. <laughs> yeah. What's your worst? What's the one that you're like, ah, I got to use that one? Mm, I don't know. It. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of a you know, psychotic what about the, golfer. Some days I play them all great. Some days I play them all bad. So. I what about know, like your, your hybrids? You I like those? I honestly don't even have hybrids. Uh, I have like do you ever like borrow one? I like this guy. Uh, I, I think <laughs> hybrids are so dumb. Those things are awesome. No, like, I, I feel like so a hybrid dumb. is like when someone's like, "Hey, you want to take my my uh, my like <laughs> Corvette down to the corner store?" And, oh, you know, no. like like you're like, "Oh yeah, you hop in that thing." At least the ones that I've used, it's like, "Oh, I get to use a hybrid," and you can you can send that thing. Yeah, they're pretty something for, about they're pretty it. Forgiving, that's just, what it is. Oh, the, the sweet spot's fun. pretty big. Yeah. But. Like I know everything about golf, but that's <laughs> all, all I know uh, is that. 
that's all I know is that it's it really sucks yeah. most of the time. So when you do finally hit it, you kind of just want to go home. <laughs> and that's yeah. what keeps you going. That's what keeps you going back to golf. It's like you have that one good shot. It's like, oh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Who knew? Yeah. I have hardly played at all, but I've I've played just enough to really think I hate it like a lot. And I'm like, I'm just here to be social. Yeah. And this is terrible. And mm-hmm. then I'll hit one shot, and I'm like. Man, I should do this. Yeah, <laughs> and then I go buy some gear and yeah. get some shirts and it's an oh it's an gosh. expensive hobby. No kidding. Yeah, I mean expensive. It can get yeah really pricey. I so I I golfed not a lot, but I lived with some big golfers in college, mm-hmm. and then I my golf career pretty much ended when I graduated and I got in the real world and it was like, well, I could either have horses or golf. Yeah. And I can't afford to do both right no. now. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think to me though, like golf <laughs> is a little bit fun in the moment, but it's not something I want to do. Like I don't really want to go golf. Exactly. It's just fun when I'm like those couple right. shots are, yeah, are like good enough it. that you're like, wow, this is really to great. Me, I, I never want to go play by myself. I just wouldn't go do it. Yeah. I mean, I'd only want to go if somebody me. else was going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you guys said, a social deal. You yeah. you can be social. Absolutely. So that's, um, yeah, it's kind of a time to just relax, if you will. I mean, you're playing a game, but yeah, it's a way to kind of just let off. Yeah, but. gotcha. Back back to roping. Yeah. So did yeah. you did you grow up roping? Uh, kind of. My dad kind of showed me the basics. Not nothing this style. It was, you know, rubber on the horn, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, no long ropes. It was about thirty foot ropes, and you just sure you got them caught. Yeah, I got yeah. I got de- pretty good at catching, and then once I met Buck and uh, watched some of his videos, I was like, ah, oh, that's that's what I'm gonna do. So yeah, I practiced every day. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I yeah I I couldn't believe I I we won. It was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty blessed to have the team I did. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I assume you'll be going back this I'll coming be going year. back. Yeah. yeah. Defend the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So, how do you know who you're going to rope with? Do you know yet? Um, I don't at the moment. We'll see. I'll see when I get there. You don't have any any suitors? <laughs> no, I have. I have a couple guys lined up, but yeah. Um, I imagine if you won, the, it, it, it the, becomes more attractive to rope with. You. Right, but <laughs> and uh, the tough deal. I mean, the prices of everything. People even being able to go. Yeah, like diesel and all that. Everything, yeah. yeah. It's not. Yeah, It hurts to fill up your truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, like, it's on my bucket list to go one year. I, I don't yeah. consider myself, like, much of a roper, but I, I'd love to go out and just do the whole deal. Yeah. Um, But I know, like, if the roping was in Nebraska, I could do it, like, every other year. But <laughs> right. California is kind of a – that's once a jaunt for in, being in Virginia. Yeah, oh, like a once in a decade thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough deal. Yeah, I was talking to Alicia Landman because she did it from she Tennessee. Did it, yeah, but it was like a two week commitment, just mm-hmm. like getting out there, letting the horse settle, doing the deal, then let him settle again, then coming back. Yeah, so it's a lot. It yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, that that is a long way. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, she was there last year. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit, and then I talked about it a little bit off air. But yeah, unless you're making your living doing that, like just roping, like you look at all those pro- rodeo guys, you know they're going all over the country. But yeah, it's tough when you have a real job. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Something has to pay the bills. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. But no, that's awesome, man. That, yeah. That's that's really cool, and that's something cool. you carry forever. Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. And I'd, I'd met Wes for Ozzy uh, the, at the first clinic I ever went to. Okay, great. So that's, that's where I met him, and then we become really good friends. So That's good. probably really cool for him. Yeah, he was pretty happy about that, too. Yeah. yeah. The first time I met him, I was 15. I weighed, like, 110 pounds. I was about that big. I was a <laughs> tiny little guy. I, yeah, you, you guys see the pictures of me at the first – uh, cold starting, I barely made it over halfway of the fence. It's like a six foot. I was about, I don't know. It's like a six and a half foot fence, seven foot fence, and I was I couldn't even get the saddle up on the fence. I was so small. <laughs> saddle weighed about half my weight. <laughs> what uh, what was the colt like? You were starting pretty easy, yeah, pretty gentle. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I just I got along just fine. Worked out really good. I was. Swinging my rope on her at the clinic and That's great. had a blast, but yeah, it was it was fun. Something That's awesome. I'll always remember. So, um, what's it been like being able to take a horse on the road? I bet that's been pretty rewarding. Yeah, pretty awesome. I didn't I didn't have one this spring, so I was just he had four horses on the road, and then one of his horses got hurt, so he left him at home, and then he let, he let me take a horse on the road, and it's just it's nice because I get a seat. I watch stuff see stuff in the clinic and then I go and work on it either before the clinic or late late at nights. I've done a lot of late night riding, so sure. That's kinda when I do my riding. I just I sit there and watch and see if there you know, any other horses or I I like to study other horses, you know, because it's like ah if I'd be if I was on that horse what would I do? Type deal. So then I just have a little picture in my head what I what I want to work on with my horse and Yeah. Kinda go from there. So. Yeah. So what talk a little bit about the horse you have here. So she's a three-year-old this year. I got her from Amy Lantis, who's up in Spearfish, South Dakota, at Seven Downs Arena. Oh, and I've been up there. You've been up there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was starting a bunch of colts with <coughs> Isaac last. Let's see, it had been September. Mm-hmm. So I, we both got off the road, and I went to college, and my college was like two hours and twenty minutes. I had it timed because. I went up there a lot. So that month of September, I was up there. I'd drive up every weekend, and I was just riding, riding colts for her. And gotcha. Isaac was up there, and there was like 24 colts that we were riding. Nice. Isaac, Kit, and I, and then they had they left, so I just stayed on and kept riding them all fall and, and into the winter. And she was one of the touchier, tougher ones. And uh, Amy's like, well, what, you know, um, I think that one should just be yours. So she gave her to me. So oh, that's that awesome! Pretty man. Cool. Yeah, it's, and she's—I oh, love that horse. She's awesome. I learned so much from her. And it's pretty cool to have her. So that's great, man. Yeah. So she's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel this is like a, a theory I've had, and I've seen it like hauling horses to the stuff I do. Um, now that like her reality is kind of like a different stall every week. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like she? Like she's really started to get kind of dialed because you're more of the consistency in her life. Oh yeah, she's she's solid now. Yeah, yeah, she's got way solid. Uh, uh, I when we went home because we the uh, Cal all a majority of the California clinics got canceled because of the EHV, the equine mm-hmm. herpes virus. So yep. they got canceled, and we went home for two and a half weeks. And so I went, I ran home and grabbed my horses, and I was just riding in the, during the winter just rode all april or for a couple of weeks 
And I had about, I don't know, 45 days on her or so. And then put about another 10 days on her. And then uh, we went back, I went back to California. We did two clinics there and then a clinic in Colorado and Spearfish. And then we came home. So when we, went, when we got back in June, I went back and picked her up. And she's been solid ever, ever since June. She kind of left her, picked up right how I left her in April. So that's great. Kind of good. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. But back to you were talking about learning and, and like how you watch other mm-hmm. horses and you obviously watch Buck in the clinics. Yeah. For you, do, do you feel like you, you learn a lot that way by, by trying to watch and then imitate? Yeah. That's kind of how I mean, there's trying to like feel your way. I don't know how to describe it, but that just resonated with me when you said that. When you're watching and you yeah, see it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to. I need to embody that. When it's like someone like Buck or when it's someone else, you're like, huh, that that happens for that person. I don't want that to happen for me. Right. What are exactly. they doing? Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, that's the biggest deal for me. You know, I, I try to just really focus in on, you know, what he's doing or, um, and I, yeah, I just really focus in on that and then work on that with my horse. But the biggest deal for me is how they are mentally. They have to be mentally good. Mm-hmm. They're not mentally good. There's not a, why are we doing it? You know, that's the whole point of this whole horsemanship deal. You want to create a friend, right? Well, they're not mentally good or doing it in a good frame of mind. Sure, you may get it done mechanically. Sure, you may get them to move their hindquarters or you may give them to move their front quarters. But if you have to spur them every time to get one step, you know, yeah. that's pointless. So it's, you know, how light you can do it, how little you can offer, um, and they take you up on it. It's like Ray Hunt always uh, said. It's you re- the slightest change and the slightest try. Yeah. So you reward that. So. Yeah, I was listening to something on the way up here today, and it was it was kind of different. It was more about um, like society, but it made me think of horses because they were talking about basically like wanting to change something. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're trying to change something, like like we're trying to make our horses different, mm-hmm. um, and, and so tackling tackling a new project, yes. you know, seeing it as a dragon, seeing it as a mountain atop, mm-hmm. and then trying to gauge how much to bite off, and yeah. it's kind of cool because, um, <laughs> the the guy was saying, there's a certain point where if you're aware of yourself, you'll realize you start becoming, you start becoming like totalitarian. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know you bit off too much because if you can't yeah. stay persuasive, mm-hmm. you get to a point where now you're just a communist, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you've bitten off more than you can chew, exactly. so you need to go yeah, back and like, oh, find a new... You got to rework that. Reword that. that. Mm-hmm. And then if you can't get that done, do it again. And yeah, it just started making me think about that. Like you were just saying, it's almost like, uh, yeah, if you've gone beyond just being persuasive and keeping your horse in a good frame of mind... You've bitten off too much. Way too much. Got to go and back. I, <laughs> yeah. It was a neat way of explaining it, and I thought, wow. And that's one of the toughest deals, yeah. too, uh, is knowing how much to ask, but how much is too little or how much is too much. There's a fine line there. You know, too little, you're not getting anything done. Too much, well, then they're cranky because it's like, well, I don't even, we haven't even practiced. We haven't even done step eight, you know, and you're trying to do step 10, yeah. or, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just a little uh, that's that's the biggest deal so 
Yeah. And sometimes you don't know where the edge is until you've gone exactly. over Exactly. And then it's like, oh, whoops, <laughs> I should. I'm sorry. And then you just had to apologize and start over the next day. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, that's what made me think of it, though, because you were saying, then your horse, you know, then he's not in a good frame of mind. Yeah. So you just can't get anything done. But it's not even just him. It's you. Like, right. you're chewed up and spit out. Yeah, you're done. Exactly. You're yeah, cooked. Like, you're in over your head. You're drowning. So <laughs> it's not even just he's over his head. You're right. over your head. Yeah, you're, you're over your head. And then, <laughs> in fact, you've, you're over your head, and now you've taken him out into the deep water. So and it's like that mindset when we first started talking. You were saying when you were a kid, it was always the horse's fault. Mm-hmm. And now it's like your mindset changes. Changes this like, to where oh, You're I always thinking, up. what did I do? Yeah. What's my problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm constantly thinking. And the, the tough deal is how little it takes, actually. And I'm still trying to find that. That you know, but it doesn't take very much. A lot of it, you know. I was just just this uh, this morning. I was watching a. I found a Ray Hunt video in Buck's um, trailer, so I put that in and watched it. And just effortless for those. You know, it's like, gosh, dang, this is easy. But if it was easy, everybody'd be doing this. You know, everybody'd yeah. be, you know. <laughs> doing you know have really handy horses but that's not the case yeah not very i mean the majority of people don't have handy horses but that's why it's considered a fine art really yeah so yeah they have to be in a good frame of mind if they're not in a good frame of mind sure you may get it done mechanically but they won't remember it the next day or it may take you longer Mm -hmm. you know you sure uh yeah they're crabby when you do something or whatever you may be asking it's more, um, it just takes them forever. I mean, you think if, you, if you're in a bad frame of mind, I tell you, you have to have this memorized, you know, something, you're not going to, it's going to take you a long time. Whereas if you, you're in a good frame of mind, you're probably going to have that memorized pretty quickly. So, yeah, that's kind of how it is. It's the same with teachers, you know, teaching kids. If they're just beating them in, like, well, you're terrible, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And then yeah. saying, you know, you, you need to have this doesn't work that way at least the way i see it yeah 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 it totally makes sense Mm -hmm. do you see people um because like you were talking about there's a balance and stuff um and i think the classic example that i'm sure we've all seen and probably all done is you go way too far over the edge and like okay everything just came unwound and yeah i'm sure going to the clinics you see the other extreme too where maybe the horse is in a good frame of mind but you're not really getting anything oh yeah done for sure because i I, i've found yes that that's it's probably a 50 50 split honestly yes if you're not somewhere in the sweet spot i mean that's why i say it's a fine line there's a fine line between too and too little or too much yeah yeah i see you see a lot of horses that are that way where that's they're in a good frame of mind but they have there's nothing going on or they're in a good frame of um they're in a bad frame of mind and nothing's going on. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing there. The horse is just <laughs> aggravated and pissed yeah. off. Yeah. So. It's funny. It's, yeah. To me, it's always like, how do I keep them in the sweet spot? How do, yeah. And then there's some times where you focus so much on it that it makes it worse. For me, that's what I've noticed about myself. It's like I'm focusing so much on keeping her a good frame of mind. I almost make her in a, or you know, the horse gets worse as the ride goes on. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But it's there comes a point where it's like, well, you got to just ride. Yeah. There's, there's a little. There's a little of that. Not just. I'm not saying you do that every day, but mm-hmm. it, it'd be like having a significant other that's always asking you how you're feeling. 
Like all like, are, are yeah, you okay? Exactly. You doing okay? Yeah. You're, it's like, leave me alone. Let, yeah, let's just go to dinner and just have a normal conversation. A, yeah, and that's yeah. Yeah, you got to give the horse a job to do. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting stuff. It's it's fun. Oh, and I have such a, it's awesome. And like Ben was saying, like the position you're in, just to see so many different people in so many different situations. Horses, yes. Um, and not only that, but then have. Buck Brannaman be able to kind of diagnose and say, well, now this is what you ought to do. And yes. da, da, da. like that, that's where like the true value in what you're doing right now is coming from. So yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I think Joe, we probably had this conversation where you, maybe a little bit, I know I've had it with other people where we talk about, man, I wish we lived back in the day when Buck first started doing clinics. Yeah. He was young and we could have been around him and gone and seen Ray. Yeah. And yes, at the same time, I was just thinking, because I was going to mention, you know, I know I check out the Buck channel a lot. That's super handy. Mm-hmm. And we'll, like, watch it in the morning sometimes. You know, click it on, have your coffee. Yep. Be like, oh, that's a new one. I'll watch that. So, in a sense, um, yeah, it would have been nice to be around back then, but we're super lucky to have it now, though, too. Exactly. Because you now gotta, we have him online. Yeah, and you got it. And that's, that's a tremendous resource to be able to click that on. And watch a little video and just totally be brought right back. And I know for me, it's always the, it's more of the spirit and the way mm-hmm. he works with the horse. Right. Of course, there's some mechanics in there where you go, well, been missing that. Yeah, or exactly. I never saw that. That's, yes. a, that's a common one, right? Is, I exactly. never heard that. He's yes. been saying it for 40 years before mm-hmm. I was born. But um, but the spirit, the spirit exactly. and the way he works with a horse, and it just kind of sets your day. Yeah. It's how you are mentally, too. How you are spiritually, how you go about your horse. Yeah, that that really matters. That's the biggest thing. That's one of the biggest things for me. What's something, like, right now, like something that you feel like kind of a breakthrough that's fresh in your mind you've been working on that Um, it's new to you with horses? I would say the mental deal. For the longest time, uh, I wasn't really afraid of – I mean – or stumped with a, I guess I'd be stumped with a horse or something, but it was more of like, well, I will get this done type deal. Instead of looking at it as like, well, how can I do this and keep them in a good frame of mind so that they enjoy it? They'd rather be with me than back in their pen with other horses type deal. So that, that's that been the biggest thing for me is, honestly, is keeping them in a good frame of mind. That is That has been my biggest focus. The biggest breakthrough is, Keeping that just because for a little, I mean, just a year or two ago, it was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll ride you. And if you don't do it, I'll make you do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can kick harder. I can, I can use the tail of my McCarty. We'll yeah. get this done. Yeah. yeah. So that's they'll figure it it's out. The biggest change in me. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't care how you feel after we're going to freaking do it type deal. Yeah. Yeah. When I say turn, you turn. <laughs> Teach them yeah. how the West was won right exactly. here, boys. Whip and spur. Whip and spur. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's like we talked about that with Robbie, that thing where after after a clinic or after you learn something, it's mm-hmm. terrible with your horse. Cause, and I know I'd be sitting in clinics thinking, oh, boy, yeah, this is some new stuff. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to ride the snot out of this thing when I get home. And it's get like kind of that thing where exactly. you're like, I'm going to ride it. And if you can't get it, um, 
There's, you'll just get it. Be a big problem. Time, time will work it into your, mm-hmm. and 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 even at the back of your head, you're like, I want it to be soft, and I want it to be your idea. But she, I mean, maybe if I can just get him to do it, and then mm. he'll like it after a while. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, whatever I can do <laughs> to get this thing broke. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. But it's yeah. funny because we're trying to do it. Like we're not trying to do it. Like like the hor- like mechanical horseman. You're still trying to do it the right way, but you're like, but I'm just not that good yet. So. Yeah. So I'm just gonna. Or you often just he'll practice it. He'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll look you good. see the picture, um, you know, of Buck riding around or, or somebody really yeah. handy that their has a horse really broke. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'll do. I'll work on this for a little bit, and then I gotta go. I gotta have you bridled up. So yeah. I'll feel all that stuff. It's like, well, they're not even ready for that. Yeah. And you yeah. think, man, I hope there's a good photographer there that knows how to catch a good still. Yeah. I hope they get it at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They yeah. go through 10,000 photos like, oh, there's one yeah. good one right there. Found yeah. one. Yep, yeah. got it. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, I think that's a really good point. And I, I know something that I struggle with and always, like I go back and forth on this, is you have to keep them in a good frame of mind. Mm. But then I, I definitely had it when I first got into this deal. It was like, Man, if I just stayed at this for like thirty more seconds, yes, and then and then I could be done, and then like the the big change would come, yes. right? So it's like taking that experience, like obviously, like what you're saying is you don't want to force them into something, mm-hmm. but if you're trying, you know, like su- something super basic, like get the hindquarters on the ground, yes, it's like, well, do I need to go about this a different way? Or do I need to hang in here for like 30 more seconds and then it'll all, you know, and it could be. And then you're there for another two hours. Yeah, exactly. Trying to rebuild the wall you just tore down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so that that's like always my thought. And, you know, it's like we were talking about at the very beginning. You just need your reps and you don't know until it's happened and you're like, well, there you go. Well, you need experience. That's the deal. And, exactly. Uh, you need to practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> practice is huge. So that's. Yeah. Why we're doing this. Yeah. And get then better. And then eventually you get it and maybe the next cold will go smoother. <laughs> exactly. And then for the longest time, that's kind of how I looked at it. I was I remember talking to Isaac. I, I called him one time and I was like, uh Did I like ruin my horse? You know, I was like, She ruined like she I'll never be able to get this stuff. He's like, No, no. But you have to look at it this way to where this colt or this horse is taking one for the team. So your next one, <laughs> yeah. you know, honestly. No, no, you're, you're absolutely next, Your next right. one, That's why it's you funny. won't make the same mistakes you made on this one, but you'll be making new mistakes. Yeah. Yep. And then on the next one, you'll be making, you won't make the mistakes you made on the second one, but you have new ones on that third one, or, you know, whatever it is. And that's how it is with each horse. So then you just get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. But it never stops. You're never, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. never done until, as soon as you, you stop learning or stop, you think you know it all, mm-hmm. you might as well move on to something else. Go golf. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that do root. something different. To me, that's the only reason it's worthwhile is because you can't get to the mountaintop. There is no, yeah. Like, if, if if it was one of these deals where it was like, for example, you have won the Buck Brandman Pro-Am, you have won horsemanship. There's There are no more <laughs> titans left to slay. Exactly, yeah. You can go home, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was like that, I wouldn't even want to do it in the first place. Exactly. You know? 
Yeah. yeah I don't think anybody really would. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, there's sure there's a select few, but that's why it's worth doing is because yeah, there is no mountaintop. You can just yeah. always get better. Yeah, you, yeah. You think you see the mountaintop, and then as you get a little closer, it just keeps. Yeah. Fog moves away, and you see another yeah. level. You see like three more peaks, and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you keep going. There's more peaks revealed. And <laughs> yeah. It's constantly like that, but that's the Absolutely. fun part. That's what makes it fun. Totally agree. Yeah. No. Yeah, I wish um, Bill just told me a, a quote the other night his granddad used to say, and I wish I could remember it. Maybe I'll think of it, but it was about the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And when you look back, but that reminds me like a, probably about a year ago, mm-hmm. I got in the truck with Bill. We were heading home from somewhere. And um, I remember telling him, you know, I think I just figured out that I, I'm going to have to fail a lot of this. And he was like, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? And I was like, no, no, it's great. I'm going to start failing as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get home and start failing because I think, yeah. well, I know I got to get as many failures under my belt as possible. Yeah. And and that helped me look at it that way. You just be like, oh, I need to start failing. Yeah. Like, and love it. Mm-hmm. And just embrace the suck, as they say. Fail. Exactly. Go for it. I, I saw a quote the other day. It was something similar to that. And this isn't exactly how it went, but it was something. It was referring to, like, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And they said they were the greatest failures of all time. Yeah. Because – they failed more than any of the other players, but that's why they succeeded because of they, you know, there was all those little failures that they learned from the experience. That's what, yeah, what it was. Yeah, I I saw something similar to that about Michael Jordan, and it was like this is how many game-winning shots he missed. Yes, right. But he was just in the position to hit game-winning shots that much that when mm-hmm. he finally got to the playoffs, he'd done it so much he's like, I can do this. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there cool. was a guy like that in. Golf. Who was the guy? He had blonde hair. Jack kinda, Nicholas. Jack Nick Nickel. Was it Jack Nicholas? Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, they say you know he he hit golf balls till his hands got bloody, and then he mm-hmm. wrapped him up and hit him another it's thousand more, or whatever, yeah. and and yeah. and that kind of thing. And and even in all those thousands of shots, mm-hmm. there was thousands of failures. Right. Yeah. It's and it's cool, and that's how li- I think yeah. life should be. You know, you gotta you gotta keep. Trying to get better. Right. But like, and if you do the math, if he had stopped at, let's say, I think I get after golf and I hit a thousand shots. If if at a thousand, maybe I'd still be better than him at a thousand. The thing is, is he hit twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and he's a hell of a lot better. Exactly. So where I stop at a thousand and go, hey, I'm I'm all right, mm-hmm. and and that guy goes, oh man, no, he's like, okay, I just have another, and I have another nineteen thousand to go. Yeah, I'll be pretty good at this. Yeah, it's it's endless. Yeah, which is awesome. It is pretty incredible. It's cool to steal, but yeah, it was something about life. Is <laughs> it was like you're going up. It was like saying like like life is a mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna butcher it, but basically, life is like a mountain or like lots of mountain peaks, and you're climbing it. It's this great adventure. You think you're doing so well, but when you turn behind, it's it's stupid. Yeah. you're like what an idiot. Yeah, but the encouraging thing is that you're you're climbing away from stupid. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to be seeing stupid in your wake. Exactly. But the good part is is that there's less of it. Hopefully, if you're yeah. going up. Yeah. That's and how I, I guess you'd know if stupid's getting wider mm-hmm. in your wake. You're like, oops. Yeah. I'm going down. And I think the more uh, the more you know, the more you realize. Um, like in terms of horses and stuff, the more stuff you you look back on, it's like, man, what was I doing? That was so dumb. Why was I even trying that? You know, or you know, or 
the man, I was doing that way too early. You know, there's all that stuff too. It's like that was I'd have just waited just a little bit longer and got everything else better. But. Yeah. Then you wouldn't have to do that new thing near as much. Near as much, yeah. And it would be way better because they they were in a good frame of mind. They wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem I have though. Is I'll I'll want to wait to do the next thing mm-hmm. till it's perfect. Yeah. And then that'll hold you back though too, because then it, you never allow yourself to. Because I think for me it comes from a place of when I do it. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. People will be like, man, is that the first time you did that? Yeah. You got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about doing it and someone saying, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I got to say, well, it's my first time and my just trying time. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Keep trying. Yeah. So you got to tell yourself. Yeah. Like anything, it, like in business, we were, you know, the first time you go do something, right? And you're mm-hmm. in some lawyer's office and you're sitting there going, ugh. Where to him, and you're just another customer. It's no big deal. Over my head but you just got to walk in there and be like, hey, I'd like to, whatever it is you're going to do. Yes. It might be the first time you've ever done it. But 10 years down the road, you might be the expert and he might just be serving mm-hmm. you. But that first time you're in there, you're like, yeah. I don't know what I, I hope I even say this correctly. But yeah. It's not a big deal. It's kind of like in, you gotta do it sometime. in school, you know, uh, you look back like as a freshman in high school, you look back at middle school, it's like, gosh, dang, those classes are easy. Why was I ever worried about a test or something like that? Yeah. And as you get more advanced, you look back, it's like, gosh, dang it, that was that was pretty easy. You know, or for me, that's kind of the way I looked at it. It was like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. why was I worried about that stuff? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I, you know, I've really tried to focus on not doing is all the mistakes I am making now with the horses that I am riding or that I'm, that I would look at it as, well, this is how I get better. Yeah. So these mistakes have to be made. You got to just take it for what it is. I mean, I think that's a sign of healthy growth in your life. If you're constantly looking back on things that you feel you were inadequate at Mm -hmm. and you're constantly feeling uncomfortable about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. then you know you're moving the goalpost. If you were comfortable and you never thought you messed up, you're either a freak of nature or you're Mm -hmm. pretty stagnant in life. It's like... uh, I don't know, you've probably heard of David Goggins, yes. Marine guy. He says, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Because you got to always keep your mind yeah. on. That's kind of like that embrace the suck. I think that's the Black Rifle Coffee guys. But yeah. it's that. Don't just, don't just uh, put up, put up with hardship. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Cause, and, and don't love it. It's not going to be fun. No. Love it like, like take it on. Like if you're working out or something like, or like pursuing horsemanship. Mm-hmm. That idea where you're like, okay. I'm going to have to fail 10,000 times. Not like, oh, man, well, I'm going to try to just fail less. I'm going to try to be better. No, start adding them up, man. Right. But if you but got 10,000 to go, you got a while. But with that, don't go out trying to fail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do that but either. But I, I think you putting yourself, try. yeah, but, but, but putting yourself in a place where, um, yeah, I guess, I guess fail with um, like a measured yeah. Measure the amount of failure, but you just can't do it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. don't 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 expect yourself to be doing it perfect yeah. the first time you do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, it's about it's like the balance of having the discipline to want to do it correctly, mm-hmm. but also giving yourself the grace to allow yourself to fail. Yeah, and it's like a constant balance between those. At least for me, because I know if I go too much to the discipline side, <laughs> and then I do fail, I'll like completely 
I, I'll just completely tear myself apart yeah. and be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then you go too far the other side and you're like, well, it's okay if you mess up. Then it's like, well, everybody no, you got to Everybody try. gets first place. So yeah, you know, that, yeah, that exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you no. you have to find that middle ground. To that That's how I define it anyway, between discipline and grace yeah. Yeah. with yourself. Life is balance. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, that's that's the way I look at it. You got to be balanced. Yeah. How you you got to find it, but yeah. Once you find it, you got to try to stay there. Yeah. Keep yeah. Because how you the balanced life? There's a balanced life, even with with riding horses. You know, um, you got to find a balance. You can't just, um, just just do that. I mean, I think like like I was saying, Sundays. That's my day off. You're just riding horses seven days a week, three sixty five. You know, all the time. Yes, that's cool, but there's got to be a little bit of a break in there to give your mind a break too, because mm-hmm. that's like you know you look at a you're you're working on a puzzle or something. Yeah, walk away for a few minutes, come back. That's kind of the deal. Everybody, you need time to soak on it. Yeah, your brain does just as much as a horse does. Yeah, that's that's how it is. So, what? I mean, we've talked about golf and reading. Um, you know, what is your like decompressing? Activity is it those those things mainly, or you have anything else you like to that that just helps you turn your brain off? I guess you'd say. I, I would say, more or less, reading my Bible. Yeah, that's kind of the deal. That's that's my biggest deal. I'm pretty spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, so that's that's my biggest deal. You know, I try to give Him all the glory, but that's what helps me to de- decompress really. I, yeah. There's a lot of people with that answer, so mm-hmm. that's a good answer. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That that's my. I mean, I don't have to. I don't know. I, I don't go party. You don't go drink. That's that's not me. Yeah, it's not who I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> even like in college, not, I never not one time. I didn't have a. I never drank. Never went to one party. I was yeah. riding horses and studying. And I was gonna say, uh, if you're you know driving two and a half hours away every weekend, yeah, <laughs> I, probably yeah. wasn't gonna do that anyway. And that's what that's the deal. I mean, I was all of my class. I had like I was half time uh, in person and half the classes were online. So. All my in-person classes were on Tuesday and Thursday, so I would get get done with class on Thursday. I'd go ride the horses that I had in Shadron, yeah. and then I would get up about two o'clock in the morning on Friday, or yeah, Friday morning. I'd load up the horses and I'd head up to Spearfish, and I'd be riding colts all day Friday, Saturday, and they take Sunday off, and then I'd ride Monday till about nine o'clock at night, and I'd drive back home. Man, so that's I did. Nice. I did that for. So sleep. That's what you did on Sunday was sleep. I slept. Yeah. I slept. <laughs> we have our day. answer yeah. now. That is what I did. Now. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd, I'd go to, there was a little church I'd go to in, in Shadron. And uh, yeah, so after that, I'd go back and I would I would pass out. Yeah, I bet. Well, if I had, unless I had some, you know, stuff to, to do, study for, take tests and stuff like that. I was yeah constantly doing that. But Yeah, I bet. With that accelerated timeline yeah. and everything. Yeah. I didn't slack in classes. I <laughs> like the I opposite of me. It took me five years to get my yeah. bachelor's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you must have enjoyed it. You were stretching it out. Yeah. Well, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, he loved school. Yeah. Not no. me. Not me one bit. Well, I mean, I, I liked college. I don't know if I love school. But, <laughs> no, I um, I was for I got to do, like, some study abroads and things like that. Yeah, that, that's um, cool. But – because I chose to do those things, it did affect um, my course load and like how quickly I was able to graduate. Yeah, um, but that was just that was a sacrifice I was willing to make. Yeah, and that. <laughs> so I got my 
like I was saying, I got my had my associate's degree as a junior, and I originally was going to go up to MSU, Montana State. And when I went up, when I talked to the counselor up there, who was going to be my counselor or whatever, they said, well, it's gonna you're going to have to do another year. So it's going to take you three years to get your bachelor's, even if you're taking 21 credits, or 18, 21 credits. And I'm like, ah, oh, screw that. So Shadron State, they, they kind of were compatible with the community college that I got my associates with. And so everything yeah. transferred. So I was like, that's where I'm going. That makes state sense, like being in state and everything, I imagine. It was in state, and I had no out-of-state tuition. I actually went through college. I have no debt. No that's great. Loans, so. That is good. Yeah. yeah. If you can if you can swing that, that's the best thing to do. Yeah, so I got Absolutely. through as quick as I can and have no loans, and it's perfect. Great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. But, so... Yeah, well, because I was just thinking about, like, the, the whole student loan thing. Because, you know, they're forgiven a bunch of student loans right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I, like, did you come from a family where it was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say maybe pushed or, or at least, like, a something like kind of instilled in you to go to college? Yeah, my yeah. parents really wanted me to go to school. And then um, with Buck saying, you know, you got to get your degree in order to go. That was kind of a big deal, but there was a lot of times it's like, ah, oh, this is stupid. I just want to yeah. quit. I don't want to be here. I, yeah. I'm gaining nothing. I mean, I had all my accounting classes done in high school. Yeah. So. But, that was something, like when I was with, hanging out with Kip a little bit, Fladlin. Yeah. He said he wanted to work for Buck, and Buck said, you got to finish school first. Yeah. When you're done, you, you know, write me a letter, and mm-hmm. I'll take you on. But. Yeah. And that, so that, yeah, my parents kind of pushed me to do, they really wanted me to do that. They said, just. Just go and do it, and you you did it. So that's what I did. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I like was an the expert, same way. But yeah. Not only did I grow up in a family that was like that, I I went to a high school that was like that. Like it was like, the high school I went to. It was, it was a very good public high school. Mm-hmm. It was like a top seventy five high school in the country. Oh wow. Um. So it was like. People, I there were like a lot of Ivy League students oh, yeah, that I graduated with, yeah. and and stuff. So, because I grew up in a university town. Oh, where did so, you grow up? Uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, oh, where Virginia perfect. Tech is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very so cool. it like Bla- Blacksburg was unique because you had, you know, people like my family where we'd be living there no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, like we have a ranch and that's what yeah. we were doing. Um, and so that's like half the kids is like, well, we just you know people would be in that area no matter what. And then the other half were, um, you know, basically professors' kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're great. Like, I have a ton of friends that are professors' kids. I'm not knocking them. But because they were there, it brought the expectation of our classes into, mm-hmm. like, a different light. And so, I'll, like, I'll be honest. Like, I, in high school, and uh, like, 18, I had absolutely no direction so I was just like, well, I'm going to go to college because everyone else is going to college. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we're going to go to college. <laughs> and and it was fun. like, I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Like, I, I, the people I met, the opportunities I had, it was great. Um, but realistically, I, I was a junior in college and I looked up and I was like, I don't want to do anything with this degree I'm going to get. But at that point, it's like, well, just, get your bachelor's degree and then you can figure out your life after that. Um, so, um, but luckily, and some people, that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like 
you know, it's probably just me just not having that direction. Or like, I, I'm super impressed by your story where you were like 14 years old, and I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but like, I know for me, I didn't have that. I was pretty much just wandering around until I was like 20 years old. <laughs> just and and then I was like, oh, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and, but then it took me a while to kind of. I don't want to say right the ship. Like, I think it all happened for a reason. Absolutely. Because ev- yeah. everything I've done up to this point has put me in a spot where I am, and I'm really happy where I'm at. Um, but long story short, it's entirely possible for people to, like, end up in college mm-hmm. just because they're like, well, that's what all my peers are doing. That's what every adult around yeah. me is telling me to do. Um and if you don't know any better or you don't have that aha moment like you yeah. did, that's just what you do. That's what, yeah. <laughs> you know? Or it's like, well, that's a good party time, you know? That's, yeah, that's exactly. Some, well, I, some, yeah. Some people, I'm not, you know, that's that's how some people look at it too. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, to me. I mean, I, I did well in school, but I'll be perfect. Like, I was a big party guy in yeah. school because uh, I was like, yeah, this is, and, and like, I I had scholarship. Like, I, I, I have no student debt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could just, like, hang out in this town with a bunch of other 20 year olds and we get to like go to school and I enjoyed class and I was like, I get to go enjoy class, get to ride horses. Um, I played polo in college. So I was just like playing on the polo team. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would go to class, play polo and like we'd party. And I was like, this is like, I don't can't imagine life life getting better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then I looked up and I was like, well, when this all ends, now what? Yeah, now what? <laughs> and so then I was like, now I need to figure out. But mm, yeah. um, I don't know. It was almost like you were, um, you know, like Homer in the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You guys familiar with that story? Yeah. Yeah, where they're, it, it's like some island and they're eating the fruit. Yeah. And everyone. I read, I read it a long time ago. But yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember that story. I, um, I know it really well because I really like that movie, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? By the Coen Brothers, oh, with that's George the Clooney. best. That is yeah. one of so the best movies. That's Homer in the Odyssey, but it's just <laughs> set in 1930s Mississippi. Yeah. If you've never seen that movie, I haven't seen it. Oh, you gotta see it's it. It's r- a really good. It's good. Movie. I'll check it you, out. You yeah. would like Very it. Good. Old Brother, Where Art Thou? It's Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, it's it's George Clooney in like oh. the 1930s in Mississippi, <clears throat> and he's like a Southern lawyer in the 1930s. Oh, um, mm. but anyway, Sounds um, interesting. yeah. So they but they go to this place and well, he's a con man more right um, he's more like a southern like a traveling con man well we're not going to spoil the movie for jacob yeah he's a lawyer <laughs> very upstanding <laughs> citizen yeah well he is a lawyer he like has a law degree and stuff yeah. but anyhow the whole point of that was part of homer um in the odyssey is they go to this island and everything seems like the island's great and they're like all eating this fruit and this fruit gives you like everything you need like it um gives you everything yeah. but like if you stay there on the island, life is good, and you you will never want for anything, but you won't be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Also, which is why the you have eternal to, fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. Which is why you have to leave the island, and so that's kind of how I felt in college. Literally, I just didn't know any better because yeah. I was like, "Well, that's what everyone around me is doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what every adult influence I've ever had has told me to do." Um, and then you look up and you're like, "You know, if I get this degree and then go." like work in that field, 
I'm looking at the people who are like 40, 50 years old in that field. And that's not what I want to be when I grow yeah. up. So I got to figure out how to change some things. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like slavery pretty much. <laughs> um, a little bit like some people's lives. But but I don't think you don't just. Have I wouldn't like, compare it to slavery. <laughs> well, a little bit, yeah. But but it's like a it's like a. Yeah, I would a little bit because like when you have like there's people out there now. You had a pretty nice ride with college, but there's people out there with debt, and they freak out about it. They're mm-hmm. way too young to have that much debt. Yeah, they don't even know what they want to do with their life. Haley had bamboozled them into debt. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but then again, they're still not just gonna like find, just like perfect freedom just out of the blue. Yeah, but. But eventually, they'll find something that they like to do yeah. better, give them some purpose. And, mm. But I, I think so, it is a little bit. People so commit a, suicide over that. Yeah. True. But there is a way out. Yeah. So not so is. much like Biden slavery. Saving them. <laughs> yeah, my. There's a way out for that, though, too. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Eventually. Yeah, no, but there oh, isn't. Other no, Joe. But, but, yeah, the other uh, Joe. Not, not you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's people that are on Social Security paying off their student debt. Yeah. Yeah, then, so, they, I mean, then they fall into that trap where it's like, well, I have to do this job now. Mm-hmm. There is and there isn't. What? Oh, no, but just on the slavery thing. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm using slavery in a pretty broad term. Though. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because, like, because, and I, and I, and I feel like that's, crap. that's a respect to people who were physically enslaved because that was terrible for them. Mm-hmm. But there's like people today who just are enslaved mentally. There's all kinds of, I mean, there's people on enslaved to junk food down at McDonald's. So. Yeah. Because, like, their quality of life is so poor. Mm-hmm. They're going to die of some disease because some big corporation lied to them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. don't tell me that's not unfair. Oh, I think it's very right? unfair. So, that's, in fact, that's really unfair. They don't even know who's enslaving them. Yeah. And poor people either don't have the mental capacity or nobody's telling them that yeah. they're being lied to. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah. it's like they think it's I think cool. It's they're like the people issue. in the Matrix, right? They're like running yeah, around. The they're like, deal. this is great. Life is good. You're in a capsule. Yeah. Feeding some machine. Yeah. That's another good compare. It was like all of a sudden, like someone unplugged me from the Matrix. And I was like, wait, I don't want, like, I've enjoyed this ride so far, but I don't want to go to the end. And luckily, I can still hop off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. On to the next thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Got to find the brighter side. Absolutely. Yeah. But it all, it all works out for a reason. Like, I, like for example, I mean, it sounds like your life has been like first this happened and then this happened and it works out. Yeah, and I'm sure you've worked very obviously you've worked very hard to be where you're at. Mm-hmm. But um, just like we were talking about with horses, you got to give yourself the grace. You can't look back and be like, "Man, I can't believe I let myself make all those mistakes." Yeah, you have to honestly, for me, you have to enjoy the you have to enjoy where you're at mm-hmm. because if you don't you're going to miss all the little things that will end up become big things that yep. you need. And that's where, for the longest time, that's where that's what I was missing. And, I, and I'm still, I am not haven't perfected it in, in, by any means, but keeping the horse in a good frame of mind, mm-hmm. that, is, that is huge. That has to be number one, really. Yep. Yes, there's things that they have to do. Oh. Yeah. You're wrong. But that mental frame of mind, that is big. That is yep. a really big, big deal. Yeah. Well, and that idea that you think you're entitled to to money or good school or whatever, and then so we, then we think we're entitled to tomorrow. Right. You, you might you might not get tomorrow. Exactly. You might not even get later tonight, for that matter. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? Yeah. <laughs> so watch out, Jacob. Start, <laughs> out, start with me in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that, you just, you, 
that's like common sense once you think about it that way. Yeah. And it's easy to forget. I'll probably forget as soon as we get up from this. Yeah. But, but, and but if you can keep that in mind more often, mm-hmm. that you, yeah. you're not guaranteed anything, and this no. is your life right now. Exactly. Take it for what it is. You yeah. got to find the good in it. Yeah. You have to. I was talking to an old friend today, and she's going through some stuff in their family. And I didn't have anything. I mean, I'm like, I'm happy to listen, you know? Yeah. But the only thing I do know is that no matter how hard you try, you can't fix it all. Right. And that's, yeah. <laughs> like, I hate it's to be tough. doom and gloom, and I'm here for you, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to you, and the best peace I can give you, I hope it helps, is you can't fix it yourself. That brings me some peace. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, hands yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that Carrie Underwood song, Jesus, take the wheel. I Jesus. think of that. It's like, I'm... <laughs> I'm all off of it. You just go for it, man, because I'm going to screw it up, actually, if I start messing with stuff and going, all right, I got this. Right? Like, if it's like if you have a horse in a real bind Yeah. sometimes, and if he's, like, really left you, and you're like, I'll get him back. I'll get him back. Really, it's like, no, I'm probably not going to get him back right there. Start over tomorrow. Yeah. Swing off. Go with him. Do something. Yeah, change it Probably don't try to make it look good right this second. Yeah. And that's the other deal, Uh, I think, we fall into is, you know, we, we may not get it, get something that we're working on, but we keep doing the same exact thing over and over and over. You may just have to change something just a little bit, but that's the, that's, that's part of the learning process, you know, yeah. but that, oh, it, that's tough for me. That's what, that's what, that's really tough for me sometimes. Cause it's like, well, just change what you're doing. You gotta do something different. You yeah. keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Why would you expect something to change? Yeah. No, I, I've i like, I've had instances where, you know, you're working on a cult for somebody and um, you're like, okay, you know, you know, maybe it's something, some troubled thing and, and they've, they've come in here because you're kind of the last mm-hmm. resort or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so new problem solved. All right, we're going to start out like that. And it's like, you, you get like three seconds and it's like, well, clearly, I shouldn't do that anymore because exactly. that is not going to yeah, work. Well, that, that didn't work. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Um, but I think as I do it more, um, you know, like you talk about the state of mind of the horse, yeah. I'm much more sensitive to, oh, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I keep pressing here, that's not going to work. You right. know, and um, but like you said, it's so easy especially if you're super passionate about getting better. Yeah. You're like, well, he seems a little bothered, but this is kind of what I had my mindset on doing today. And, yes. you know, and, you know, I think that is almost, in a way, it's a little different than, like, the Jack Nicholas thing we were talking about. I think there's a lot of parallels to be drawn. But, I, like, I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, say you're a baseball player. Oh, well, you just, you know, you messed up, you know, you didn't throw the ball just right. Or, you like, you didn't throw your splitter just right. You need to just hit your head against the wall and do it over and over. Yeah. You can't do that with horses. No. You can't do that. Well, you're working with two minds. You have yours and you have the horses. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have the same intrinsic motivation to get better that you do. No. Like, I'm not saying that they don't want to be with you and help you. But they don't have the mindset of, we should sit here for two hours and try to get my hindquarters. That's a really good idea. Right. And I've had this conversation a lot, uh, is it, like with roping. 
you know, let's say I, I've been working on a, a certain shot. Okay, I start getting it very good. Okay, now I in my head I get this is just how I'm wired is okay, I have to get it at least five goods five times good yep. before I can quit. With the horse, that is not the case whatsoever. If you do that, you're gonna start ruining things. And I've done that. It's yeah. Like, well you okay, I got it good one time. How about five more? And then I'll get off. Then we're then we're good. You know? but it's like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's that is not how you go about that. But yeah, for me I had to go through that little phase, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I did the same thing. But that, that how you just described it is a perfect way to describe that, that's it. That's how I think. That's how I was with sports when I I play grew up playing soccer and football. And, yeah, and it's like, well, you have to get this at least ten times. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the, it's the like this 10 times, hit ten you know. free throws before you right. leave the gym type ten thing. in a row. Yeah, you got down to that point or yeah, and you can't you can't do that with horses. No, no. But it's hard Not to when. When you first really get into the horsemanship deal and, you know, every other pursuit in your life that has worked, mm-hmm. you know, or like studying for a test. Well, I got to get, I got to get like the 50 states 10 times in Repetition. a row. Repetition, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, when that's worked and everything else, it yeah. can be a hard habit to break. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, um, I, I'd like to think I'm past that now. And I think, yeah. I think working with a bunch of horses Gets you over that a lot quicker. Yes, yeah. When, there's when you got one or two, it's easy to get in that rut. Mm-hmm. But when you have a ton of them, you're like, well, I just I can't sit here and do this forever. There's a lot horse. of value in going back and forth from having a bunch of horses to have to get get through on a day, mm-hmm. and then just having a couple. Yeah, because um with a bunch, um there's certain things you you kind of have to change the way you go about things. You have to start. You have to get things done. Um, it's not going to be as good as if you just had one, but you have a lot of different horses that you're different personalities that you're working with there. So you have to change how you're going about things with every horse. Whereas if you're just working with one, okay, you think every horse is just like that one, which is not the case whatsoever. Yeah. So each, each horse is different. You have to go about things differently. And then that's what helps you grow. Yeah. It helps you change with your horsemanship. But yeah. That's sense. awesome, man. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. But there's, there's value in, I think in order to get, handy in order to get really good at this you you have to kind of do that mm-hmm. you need to have a have a bunch of horses that you're riding and then after a while just have one mm-hmm. or you know just a couple that you're working with and then there's there's a lot of value there because mm-hmm. you can really with those let's say you're riding 10 horses or something uh there's something that each one of those horses is going to be teaching you and then let's say you just fo- you just you're going down to one horse or something Okay, now you have all of that knowledge that you gained from those 10. You can try to really refine it with that one. And mm. that's just the little growing process that mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh. This and then that refinement, the refinement will come like, back to the next 10. And, and then the next, build. or however many you have next, it's like, uh, I could offer so much less, mm. you know, and the horse will take me up on it. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I remember, um, not in our podcast, but. If you remember a couple of years ago, Rob, Robbie said something similar to us where how important it is to have your own horses and like have just like one or two horses that you're really studying with to try to yes. really refine everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you don't have that, you, you're kind of setting yourself back a little bit with your growth. Yeah, And you have to be um, willing to to 
to change how you go about things. That's that's part of the deal, too, because I, I think it's easy to get in the frame of, or to have the mental thought of, well, it has to be done this way. It only works if I do this five times. You know, I get the, it, no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't even do that. Maybe you don't even do the hindquarters. Yeah. You know, five times what it is. Maybe it's only one. That's all you need. Yeah. But there's a lot of that whole deal where it's like, well, I have to work on this 10 minutes exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's that there's that just, aspect of it too. Yeah. You can't be that regimented. No. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So where do you go from here? What's uh when does your year close out with Buck? It'll close out uh right after the pro am, so which is the last weekend of October. Then we'll make our way back home and so that'll be around the first or second of November. And then what will you be doing after that? Uh I've got bunch of horses lined up down in Oklahoma. I'm going to be starting a bunch of colts and trying the cow horse deal. I'm going to pretty excited. That's oh nice, a big deal, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm going to – that's my focus, that cow horse. I'm pre, that's kind of – in the next few years, I'd like to go show. And are you going to be man. down there by yourself, or you got someone I'm going to be, be with, hanging around? I'm going to be with Isaac. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna be oh, is that where he's doing his uh, – Academy. Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yep. So he – we're gonna be down there riding colts and try doing the show deal, trying it. You know, trying to get into the cow horse deal. That's the. I'm pretty excited. It's it's cool. Yeah, yeah, Log that'll it. be awesome, man. Is that so that the mayor that you have now? Yeah, I mean, I'll. What, I may show her, but uh, I. You got yeah, your I'm eye late. on horses that you want to you want to show. At the moment, no, but yes, there are. I mean, there's a lot of horses, really nice horses out there. It's just. Yeah, <laughs> their horses aren't cheap right now, <laughs> and they're not. Prices aren't going down for good ones, so it'll be outside horses. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so I'm gonna be. I'll be experimenting on her. Cool. So, any of you owners out there that want Jacob <laughs> no. to ride your horse this winter, no. we're putting it on your radar now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate he'll be it. in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. No, but that that cow horse deal that that's really piqued my interest. That's kind of pretty excited about that you could do that cool. and you could do master classes on how to win the pro-am <laughs> yeah folks he's open for business yeah. <laughs> yeah you you could do you could do roping clinics for the rest of your life now oh sure <laughs> oh, 20 2021 pro-am champion <laughs> jacob huck uh, come study with him you're set man <laughs> yeah and then we'll yeah. talk about you on the next podcast. Like, <laughs> the next man, that Jacob Huck, he just thinks he's it. Yeah. That's what we do. We like to pretty set him up and knock him down. Yeah, pretty arrogant guy, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. Cool. Yeah, man. no, it's pretty exciting. Exciting stuff. That'll be great. So. That'll be great. Joe, have you been giving it some thought? What? You know. <sighs> Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah, we can do a Mount Rushmore. Well, you, we don't even have to do it right this second. I was just checking in with you. Have you? Do They're you have co-hosts? No, not at all. Oh, okay. I just popped in my head. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, you know, I, I was driving the other day, and I um, that podcast we did with John, that never, that also got clipped off there. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, got to, it wasn't a very, it was good, whatever, but. Yeah. It was kind of like I was driving along, and I was like, man, it's like when you lose something, and you'll never get it back. And you're like, man. It's all right. It was sad. 
Anyway. Did you lose part of the podcast? Yeah, we that, did. We lost podcast? a whole chunk off the end of that one. Really? With John Benninger. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it took one for the team. Sure did. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> John oh, took one for a team. John we'll do better with the next team. guest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's how you got to look at it. got to be a little bit better. A little bit better. <laughs> yeah, we only have like. 900 and something thousand left to do before we're good at this. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're going by the 10,000 rule. Yeah, the 10,000 rule, and then you better do another 10,000. Heck yeah. 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 Well, we'll live long enough. No, I, um, it's a lot tougher to do Mount Rushmore's with people you have like newly met. Yeah. Because I, I don't quite have a beat on Jacob yet. Like, what, what are things, what are things you have real strong opinions on? Um. Well, my my religion. I'm pretty, or I guess. Okay, Mount Rushmore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Rushmore no. of religions. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> Mount Rushmore okay. of religion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Here. Well, I guess I'll give you this. This may help you shape things, but something that's really, and I didn't think it ever would help. Um change my view of horsemanship but i actually lived in china for about six months when i was a little kid oh nice so i just um just realizing how blessed we are to have things the mm-hmm. stuff that we have the space that we have and yeah so you're not Golly. a pro-communist I'm, i take it <laughs> no oh um, far from it okay so how about we do this and it can be um let's do a mount rushmore of Places you've seen since you've been on the road with Buck, because you've gotten to travel quite a bit. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like the clinic venue. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what your like itinerary looks like, but I imagine you've traveled places that you otherwise wouldn't have gone to. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that's a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah, that is. Um, like in terms of my favorite, or what exactly? Yeah, your favorite. Like you're like, man, that was a cool place to be. I don't really have a favorite. Each. Each place is unique on its own. He's very—he's going to be a politician. One he's day. being too nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> honestly, though. I, I Anywhere really, but Missouri. We already know you don't like this one here. Taylor does a terrible job. <laughs> yeah. No, Taylor, you're doing a great job. Oh, uh, no, no, that, yeah, that's not a great one. And honestly, we don't have to do it Mount Rushmore. No. Nah. I hadn't thought about it too much with him. Honestly, I, 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 For the next I kind of felt the same yeah. way. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to see you think. Like, there's nothing more rewarding than, like, passing something off to someone else sometimes. Okay. Do you know that feeling? Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, usually I like taking stuff on, but every now and then there's something I don't want to do, and mm-hmm. I know someone else can do it. And when you just say, you do it, and mm-hmm. it just, it's really fun to just kind of right, well, now I'm back gonna, and watch. Now and I'm like, going to do what it. What would you say? Now I'm going to do it, and, like, you're going to be like, damn, uh, I wish I had thought of this, and Joe's a way better podcaster. <laughs> oh, I, I would love to have that feeling. All right, what's your Mount Rushmore of rope shots? Oh, boy. Yeah, he hit it. Mr. Pro-Am champion. <laughs> and that they don't have to be ones you can do. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've never seen your rope, so, I mean, you could be the, like, handiest guy I've ever met. I think but, for, and for a headshot, the scoop loop. Scoop loop. Okay, so Mount shots. Rushmore, you get four. Get four out of all the loops. Johnny Walker. Okay, is a turnover. Yep. Um, I'm not that. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean a hula hand, and then just a 
honestly a basic trap shot. Yeah. That is, I don't know. Those are my four. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You did it. That's kind of, that. you know what I mean by chalk, right? That, like, that's like, chalk would be like, you, uh, I'm going to pick Alabama to win the national title every year. Yeah. So it's like picking the favorites. Gotcha. I feel like that's a chalky Mount Rushmore. Like, there were no yeah. unexpected loops in there. No. I'm not, criti- it's a comment, not a criticism. No, no, no. You're the not pro-am champion, not no. me. <laughs> but, no. like, those, but I, I totally agree with you. Like, if you, if someone had those four loops, you'd be like, man, they got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, if they could do those four loops really consistently. Yeah. Hey. If I could add one more, just a basic headshot. I mean, you got to be able to go fast at some point. You know, it's not everything. Yeah. It's like a lot of the ranch roping, I guess, stereotypes where it's like, oh, it's really slow and stuff. Yeah, but in the real world, you got to go never fast. It works too. out that way. Yeah. yeah. I think team roping is pretty cool too. So go yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. Go fast. Turn left. Mm hmm. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Junior Nagara doing the pullback for Jesus. You see him do that. Uh uh-uh. uh. You got to look it up. He's a. Uh, I think he's won the NFR a couple of times. He's a Brazilian healer. He can heal anything. He is one of the ropiest healers I've ever seen. Yeah. Pretty cool. I have to look it up. Now, yeah. that, is that the – that's not the guy who's um, from, like, New Mexico, is he? Well, he may live there now, but he okay. was, he was ra- born and raised in Brazil. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And every picture, you see, like, you see he's usually lean back on – the back of his horse. Yeah, <laughs> like he it, he called it he calls it the the pullback for Jesus, but <laughs> that's what he calls it. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. That's a good Mount Rushmore. That was pretty good. So yeah, it's fun. Good. I don't I don't know. How did that even start? Um, that we did that. I think we did it with somebody. Um, but I pretty unabashedly just stole it from another podcast I listen to pretty consistently. What's Steve. that? Um, it's called uh, Pardon My Take. It's like a sports podcast. Oh, okay. And they'll just do like Mount Rushmore's or whatever. And, um, But I think it started with Dylan. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I think it, it started did. with Dylan. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, uh, I thought it was a good idea, so I stole it. It's a good little tradition. I think we ought to keep it going. That's yeah, why even yeah. when it doesn't, make any sense or feel stupid or whatever we should do it yeah because it's good i agree it's a good I like little, it yeah good little twist in there <laughs> that yeah. that's why other really successful podcasts also do it because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's a smart thing to do mm-hmm. oh you did other really successful podcasts what you just said other really successful podcasts yeah well, that well, implies <laughs> that like this one is like other as in other in accordance with the one you were just talking about, or well, other okay. like so compared to ours, Mount Rushmore. So like we're one or the other. Mount Rushmore isn't like a new concept. Um, it's so, not. No. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. If you're like, I mean, in media, if you were growing up in like the early two thousands and you would watch Sports Center, when there was no, uh, when there was no sports going on besides like baseball in the middle of July, they'd be like. Oh, on today's segment, because there's nothing to talk about, we're going to do our Mount Rushmore basketball players. Mm-hmm. It'll be like Larry Bird, Michael Chor, And then they'll debate, like, how can you put Larry Bird on there and not Akeem Olajuwon? And just, you know, and then yeah. they have something to talk about for 45 minutes. Yeah. And so just, that's where the concept of Mount Rushmore yeah. in media. And that's the only place I've ever heard it. 
Yeah. And I just, because I didn't think of it as being something relevant to a podcast. Because, yeah. like, I, I saw through that since I was a little kid. Like, I thought that was the dumbest thing because you listen to these shows and you'll hear the same person go, oh, he's the greatest of all time. And you're like, you realize you've said that about, like, a hundred different people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like... <laughs> How's everybody the greatest of all time? Like, I've always wanted just one greatest of all time. Like, yeah. don't have a hundred greatest of all time. It's too many. Because <laughs> it, then they're not. Somebody was better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who stood out in all those people, you know? So, like, I just always thought that was funny. So then yeah. when you used it on the podcast in that context, yeah. I, I liked it. Well, there you go. We, we have a good... We're going to redeem the whole the whole Mount Rushmore. Yeah. We're going to edit all this Before to this sound way over. more fluid. Way more fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Make it seem, yeah. Cut we that. just, we went straight He's to asking here. him that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy what you can do in post, man. You can sound like you're real <laughs> smart. Uh, <laughs> I bet you you can make somebody sound really dumb, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool, cool, man. Well, it's been awesome. We got three days of a clinic here to do. So yes, we do. We better get let you get to a little bit of sleep, I guess. Yeah, let's but, wrap it up. Yeah, man. Awesome. We really appreciate you coming on here. This has been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been awesome. Good. Good to have you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks everybody. Bye bye.